Welcome back to the Just As I Am podcast. I am your host, Nicole Wilson, and today we are going to be telling the story about a gal who had extreme courage. Today we're going to be talking about Esther. is probably a familiar name to you. She's a pretty popular gal in the Old Testament and probably throughout the Bible. If anybody really knows about a lady from the Bible, Esther is probably in their top five or so. And this story appealed to me because I did a Bible study with a group a few years back and we dug deep into this story. And it's pretty interesting. It covers the whole book of Esther, which is 10 chapters. And it's a very intricate story. There's a lot of detail in it. And we're not going to go over a lot or all of those details. So I recommend going back and reading it just to kind of pick up and get a little more info or knowledge on this story. But Once again, I'm going to be reading from my CSB Bible, and I'm going to read to you the intro that it gives us, and it tells us that the story of Esther is rooted in the historical account of King Ahasuerus, who ruled as a king of Persia from 486 to 465 BC. Esther is made queen of Persia in approximately 479 BC. Haman's plot to destroy the Jews occurs in 474 B.C. And the first celebration of Purim occurs in 473 B.C. The events in Esther occur before the events of Nehemiah, but after the decree of Cyrus had allowed the Jews in exile to return to Jerusalem. Most likely, the book was written in the 4th century BC with Mordecai as its author. That explains a lot, timeline-wise. And once we start talking about the story, it explains a lot as Mordecai being the author you'll understand me later, but a little more background on the book of Esther. It never mentions God by name, although his presence is implied in Mordecai's allusion to divine providence. The book of Esther is tightly connected with specific historical events, yet it is also a piece of literature, a narrative with all of the literary features necessary to make a great story. Esther is also unique in that its purposes are not always explicitly stated, but are derived from the story as a whole. Now, it does talk about Esther, and you hear Esther being a woman of courage, and she did have courage. Now, whether she had a I would, I don't know, a huge amount of courage. I feel like this would be based on opinion, but then I didn't live in this time period, so I don't really know the super specifics of how things were. But the story starts off telling us about a king. As I stated, his name was Ahasuerus, or in some 
areas Xerxes. And he ruled 127 provinces. I don't know about you, but I feel like that's, I don't know, 126 too many. (laughs) That's a lot. And it gives the span of where that was, if you go reading in the Bible. And at this time, he held a feast during his third year as ruler that lasted 180 days. Man, I'm tired of a party a few hours into it. But it lasted 180 days. This party was incredibly extravagant. Had all the things going for it. Ahasuerus had a wife a wife, a wife named Vashti. One night, he told his eunuchs to go fetch her so that he could show her off. She refused, and this made him furious. And quote-unquote, and his anger burned within him. Some speculate that they're not sure if whether he called her to come to show her off or called her to come because it was her duty as a queen to come to this event or make a presence. Unclear, but this is what the Bible tells us. So now the king and let's say his legal team is gossiping, conspiring, whatever, and having to come to the conclusion that Vashti is no longer queen And the king is to find a better woman. That is incredibly rude, Xerxes. But if that's how you feel. And sometime later after this, there is a search for this new wife, for the king. And special people are set out for all kinds of, let's say, pure girls for the king to choose from. So now we meet a name man named Mordecai. Y'all, I have been struggling to speak and read and all kinds of stuff today, so bear with me. We meet Mordecai, and Mordecai is the cousin of Esther, but it is revealed that Esther is actually an orphan, and Mordecai has adopted her. So now, he's technically her father. Now, Esther has gone with all of the other chosen girls and is getting all the special treatments, kind of like the extra special treatments, for what seems a while. But she hasn't given any background on herself. She hasn't, you know, talked about her family, hasn't talked about her ethnicity, hasn't given any ancestry information, okay? She is keeping all of this to herself, keeping it I wouldn't say a dark secret, but a deep, dark secret here. So eventually Esther meets the king, right? And he is enamored by her and chooses her immediately for his new queen. And a special banquet is held for her. Now, we kind of have a side note between this and the next part. And we learn that Mordecai has heard two eunuchs, you know, hanging out, guarding the king's gate or whatever, Mordecai hears them discuss that how they're angry and they're planning to assassinate the king. 
And so he went to Esther and told her all of this information. And Esther went to the king. And then these eunuchs were investigated and let's just say they were killed. Now back to the original story. The Bible continues. It says now Haman comes into play. Or Haman. You know, I keep forgetting to look these pronunciations up. Well, he comes into play, and this guy has the biggest rank among the people. Like, way up there, okay? Haman discovers Mordecai, and that he has never paid homage to him. And his ethnic background. So, naturally, he gets angry and decides not only to take out Mordecai, but all of the Jews. Now, Mordecai is not necessarily a fan of Haman, which is why he does not, you know, bow or pay homage or whatever. And, you know, someone who's full of themselves would let that get to them and make them very angry. And instead of just dealing with Mordecai himself directly, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to kill all of the Jews. Does that sound like a good plan to you? Because it sounds great to me, right? Um, so Mordecai learns of this and has a bout of depression, okay? Like, he gets in his feelings about it. He wears a sackcloth, which back then was just kind of what they went to in a mourning depression sadness period. They wore sackcloths. And he goes to the middle of the city with his sackcloth on and he also put on ashes and he just goes to the middle of the city and he just weeps he just lets it all out he just lets out all of the feelings and he could not go to Esther at this time because of what he was wearing because that was just the rules like someone of prestige can't have someone wearing a sack as an outfit and come in to the royal courts, you know, whatever. And so he couldn't go to Esther at this time because of that. Many other Jews also did this because they knew of what was going on, what the inside scoop was. So eventually Esther gets her servants to figure out what's going on. And once they do, they come and they tell her everything. And Esther is terrified, which is completely understandable. She tries to get Mordecai to change so he can be able to come in, you know, the royal gates and whatever and come talk to her. But he refuses. Mordecai tells him everything from this plan to how much money Haman promised to give the treasury for the slaughtering of the Jews. So Haman is planning this crime and he's like, if I can do this, then I'm going to give this big old amount of money to the treasury of these provinces, right? Doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, I guess kind of, but I I don't think I'd, I'd give money for killing people. I'd, I hate to say it, but I mean, wouldn't you rather... 
receive money. I mean, I know when they had executioners, they had to get paid. So that's, I don't know, whatever, but history. So Mordecai pleads to Esther, begs her to death, to go talk to the king. But she tells him, you only talk to the king when he says so. If he doesn't give you permission and you come and you just start talking, that's not a good thing. You know, anyone who does go to him otherwise gets the death penalty. So if Esther does go to the king and she tries to talk to him and try to get this situation all figured out and the king doesn't want her or doesn't approve of her to come talk to him, she could be put to death. So Mordecai tells her, don't think you'll escape this fate because you are the queen. He says, your people may get relief from another place, but she and her father's family will be destroyed. What an uplifting thing to say. But so Esther eventually just continues to think about it and she ponders over it and she decides to tell everyone to fast for three days and three nights. Even she and her servants will. And when the three days are up, she will go to the king even if she perishes. She says, you know, let's fast for three days and nights. And once this is over, I'll go to the king. Even if I die, I'll go talk to him. So she's building up her courage She's building up the momentum to go. So eventually Esther goes to see the king and he allows her to come speak to him. He asks Esther what she desires, even if it is half the kingdom. How romantic. She tells him that she has a banquet prepared and wants him and Haman to come. And the king agrees. He's like, you got it, dude. She only wants herself, the king, and Haman to come. No one else. So Haman is overjoyed and boastful by this. Then he sees Mordecai and he becomes angry. And due to the conversation he's had with his family about this hatred, he goes home and he tells them all about it. He's like, you know what? Esther, the queen, invited me and only me to this banquet. But on my way home, it got ruined because I saw Mordecai. So his family, you know, is on his side, whatever, of course, and says, you know, just build some gallows and then hang him. Sounds good. Sounds good. So he has these gallows built for Mordecai's demise. Well, the king is having trouble sleeping, so he asks someone to come read book recordings to him. He then reads about where Mordecai saved him from assassination and asks how he was honored for that. He's like, oh yeah, what did he ever get for that? What was his reward? Well, they tell him he never got rewarded. He just... He's just still there. So then Haman walks in at this moment to ask the king if he can hang Mordecai. 
And before he can say anything, the king asks him and says, how should I honor someone? Well, Haman gives this big list and the king likes it. He's like, yes, that sounds great. You do exactly what you just told me. All of those things to Mordecai. I mean, <laughs> awkward. How You're coming to the king to be like, hey, I want to hang this dude. And the king doesn't even let you speak except for to answer his question. And you answer with a spectacular thing. And then you have to reward this person this way, whom you don't like at all. Tragic. For Haman, anyways. For Mordecai, you go, dude. Well, after this, after he's, you know, done all of these wonderful things for Mordecai, He's completely embarrassed, okay? He covers his face and he runs home where his family tells him that this is going to be his downfall. You know, this is this is it. This is the end. I, you know, I don't think there's a comeback from this. And right after they tell him this, the king's people rush in, grab him, and take him to Esther's banquet. Everything is happening just like boom, 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 boom in this story, right? Well, at the banquet, the king asks Esther what she wants. And she tells him for her and her people to be spared. So this is it. This is the big moment. And the king asks who would come up with such a scheme like that. And Esther absolutely wastes no time. You know, probably doesn't even take a breath. She just goes right at it. And she says, The adversary and the enemy is this evil Haman. Whoop. Another awkward. Well, the king is outraged. And he leaves for a second. And he kind of goes and you know, calms himself and collects himself. And then he comes right back in. And he sees Haman at Esther's feet. She's just lounging on her cushion, it says, you know, minding her own business. And he's at her feet, begging her to be spared for forgiveness, whatever, pleading to her. Well, the king is incredibly ticked off by this. If he wasn't hot then, he was hot now. Raging. Incredibly angry, okay? Because he's like, I leave for a whole minute. And you're going to move in on my girl? Like, that's the vibe. That's the feeling, right? Well, the king decides he wants him executed. And so a servant of his comes on over and he's like, well, you know, just casually, he's like, At his own house, he happens to have a 75-foot gallow. I mean, does that sound like a good spot? Does that sound like a good plan? And the king is like, yeah, hang him there. And then he cools down after 
this decision has been made and they've moved forward. So after this, the king rewarded Esther with Haman's property. And she told the king how she was related to Mordecai. And Esther ended up actually giving Mordecai this property. Esther then falls to her knees and is begging with the king not to go as planned with what Haman wanted and asks, how could she bear her people getting slaughtered? Well, the king tells Esther, he says, I have hung the man who threatened you and I have given you his property. He then tells Mordecai to write a decree to all 127 provinces in his name, giving all of these Jews many rights, along with protection, basically. Um, There's a lot of different things. One thing specifically is they're allowed to go after their enemies, Anybody who has threatened or they feel threatened by or anything who has done anything to them, they're allowed to go after them. Well, they definitely take this in. And as Mordecai went out, the Jews were overjoyed and they celebrated. They partied. And when the law was official everywhere, the Jews actually went after their enemies and no one could stop them. Other than, you know, God himself. But I don't think he intervened in this occasion. But they actually ended up killing hundreds of people, including all of Haman's sons. And that man had like 10 of them. So they killed all 10 of his sons. And the people even began fighting with the Jews because they were afraid of Mordecai. So if the Jews had a problem with somebody... These other folk just backed them up because they were terrified of what they might have done to them. So they were on the side where they could guarantee protection or whatever. And the king eventually talks to Esther about it and sees what she says, you know, tells them they killed all of Haman's sons, all ten of them, and nine or ten. The man had a lot of sons. And he tells Esther this and all the other stuff. And he kind of asks her what she thinks about it. And she says to let the law continue for another day. And basically hang Haman's sons with him. If it pleases the king. She asked him a lot. She, Whenever she talked to him, it was always, if it pleases the king. You know, she's like, Oh, yeah, just hang him if it pleases the king. Well, eventually the Jews killed 75,000 of those who hated them. And they did not plunder. No, none of the Jews plundered. They survived, which is wild. And when all of this was over, they feasted and rejoiced on the 14th day and rested on the 15th and they made this an annual thing for the Jews this this happened every year like we celebrate Easter they celebrate this 
And the story or the book of Esther ends speaking about Mordecai's rank and his accomplishments and does not say anything else about Esther, not a single thing. But when I read that Mordecai wrote this book, it made complete sense. But, you know, props to you, Mordecai. You accomplished a lot. You saved many lives. And made all these provinces prosper, I suppose. Along for Esther, she had some courage. And they talk about that. But, you know, in the beginning, they also talk about how she was just stunning. She was absolutely beautiful, elegant, classy. So, I mean, Esther is a complete package. You know, she's all of those things. And then she has love and strength and courage to be able to risk her life to try to save her people. It's really a good book to read. And I recommend you do it. And maybe you want to do a Bible study on it and dig deeper. But I really enjoyed this one. And I hope you enjoyed it too. And I'll catch up with you next time.